This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Take BS, we bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser in for Nick Costos with Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number two, and we are now over on Stadium, so make sure you go to watchstadium.com. You can check us out there. We are still on twitch.tv slash BetQL. We're over on YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports and on the Odyssey app and BetQLNetwork.com. You can also watch us or listen to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Broke down the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Now it's time to look at the NFC Championship game, Ken, which uh, had a lot more action, was a lot more exciting. Um, what, what were you on the game? Who did you bet on? Did you like Detroit or San Francisco going in? So I had uh, I had a small bet on the over, which we talked about on Sunday show, where I just I, this the Chiefs were like a really appealing bet for me. I really liked them in the game. We talked about it a lot over the week, and we would always get to the second game, and I'd be like, I had originally thought, oh, like Debo's not going to play, market's going to drift really far down. I'm going to get like a really good San Francisco price, like six or six and a half to bet the Niners in a shorthanded team. And Debo played, and then the market got like completely out of control and like went to seven, seven and a half, back to like kind of a full strength rating. So I didn't really have a strong opinion on that. I like the over a little bit. I thought the Lions would be able to score. That was like an opinion that we had on this. And I wasn't just sure if the Niners were going to score way more. <laughs> That's like the only other guy I didn't really know. But I, I kind of felt like the Lions could score in the game. Nick really felt like it. He had Lions money line. Like he was really like thought Dan Campbell in this decision making could lead him to a win. And he was kind of proven right. Because just Dan Campbell rolled the dice a bunch and they they came up snake eyes a couple of times. Like it just didn't work out the way that you want the decisions to work out. But that's honestly like that's why you bet Lions money line, because you have a coach that's going to do something like that and going to give you a chance to win the game. So I, I wasn't heavy on the game. I, I, I was pretty heavy on San Francisco to win the NFC, uh, which we had talked about. Like, you know, I we were even talking off the air. You're like, you know, you do a lot of single game betting and, and other types of bets that you like. And I do more like season long stuff. And so I, I just try to spend a lot of time on like characteristics and traits of champions and like, what do they do and how do they look? And what am I looking for? More importantly, like, what am I looking for to make a bet? And we filled out a bracket before the playoffs started on the show. Nick and I both did. He had the Niners against the bills and I had the Niners against the chiefs. And he had the Bills winning, and I had the Niners winning. 
which will be interesting when we talk about the game because I have to figure out if I want to change my mind now, and I don't know if I do. <laughs> so, like, that'll be really interesting. But the reason why those two teams were really appealing and just to like kind of generalize the work that I do is they both presented as having the most of these things. They both they both uh, checked every box. They both were great at a lot of different things. Their quarterbacks were really compelling and really good. Like there's all these different reasons why the coaches, you know, Shanahan and Andy Reid, like there are all kinds of reasons why like it made a lot of sense. So I'm sitting there and the Lions have an opportunity to obviously kick to go up 17. It's like one of the pivotal moments of the game and Josh Reynolds drops the pass. And it's like, like I'm sitting there at that moment and I'm just like, I, I might be smoked here. Like how, how am I smoked here? Like I, I have the Niners to win the NFC at really good prices. They're a billion point favorite. I might just lose and lose bad. I mean, the Niners were giving up so many chunk plays in the first half of the game. I mean, I, I was texting with Nick cause I knew he had the lions I kind of wanted to encourage him as the first half is going on. I go like, and not that he needed me to tell him this, but I just go, you know, this isn't fluky. They're destroying them at the line of scrimmage in this. Like they are crushing them. Like the, I go, the lions might win going away. Like there's like, what's, what are we changing here? And all it took was momentum. And, you know, like it's, I, I think he should have gone for it. And a lot of people think he should have kicked. And it's become this really stupid argument today about analytics and decision-making, but like, you know what he did? He did what he always does. Like, why are we surprised? And so it just didn't work. And when it didn't work, it snowballed and it snowballed and it snowballed. And all of a sudden the Niners scored a billion points in the second half of the game. Looked like they were going to cover for a while and they end up winning the game 34, 31. So I was holding on for dear life to these Niners NFC bets. Maybe, maybe it was a bad bet and I should have considered Detroit a little bit more. So that was, that was this kind of my experience was like, I was really, I like, I thought Chiefs Niners was a really likely Super Bowl, And I'm like, the Lions are going to be the team that ruins this for me, or like not even ruins it, but just upsets things. This team, really? And uh, and I, I guess I should have given them more credit. What uh, what were you on? I I was on San Francisco minus seven. I didn't really love it. I was kind of like you with this game. There, I was going sure. back and forth on the spread between San Francisco and Detroit, which kind of turned out to be right. I mean, the Lions were the right side the entire game, and then you needed a backdoor cover at the end. So I went Niners small. My biggest bet in the game, Ken, was actually live during the game at halftime. I took San Francisco plus seven and a half. Oh, and I hello. did. I took, yeah. I took San Francisco plus seven and a half, so that was nice. I live for spots like that. When you have franchises like Detroit, teams in any sport that don't have success and they're trying to make a Super Bowl around that they've never been to before, and more often than not, more after like a lot of the time, those teams are just never going to make it easy on their fans. Like it's just the way it is. They're just not going to make it easy. And you knew San Francisco was going to make their run. And, you know, maybe they make their run and the Lions push back and they win that game by double digits. But even though that first half would tell you that you probably shouldn't bet San Francisco, I was just going for the fact that. It's the Lions, and they are going to make this thing nervous for their fans. Do you remember when the Browns played the Steelers in that playoff game and uh, Ben threw the ball like oh, 70 yeah. times? Lead. It started yeah. yeah, it started with Pouncey with that uh, fumble over Ben Snap. Huge lead with Cleveland. And you just knew that there wasn't going to be a, a lead big enough that the Browns had where their fans weren't going to be nervous, that Pittsburgh was going to make some kind of run. There are just certain games, certain spots. so. I knew I'd be on the Niners at halftime. I knew I'd love them in the second half. Now, I didn't think they'd win the game, but uh, 
those are just those are things I look for. Like when you have franchises like that that have never been to the Super Bowl, never been to a championship, aren't used to that situation. It's just, man, Ken, it's tough in sports, man. It's tough to get there. So uh, that's what I was on. As soon as the yeah. Lions were up 17 and a half, I'm like, I'm going to jump all over San Francisco in the second half. Well, first of all, good for you. And it, I, I I can tell by the way you're explaining that, like how confident you were that that was going to happen. Like it's it's cool to hear. I uh, It's funny because I do some of that, that same thought process when I do season long stuff about like French, not franchise history, because that's almost like, it's almost like what you're saying isn't like the, for example, like, uh, you know, if LeBron changed teams and went to a different team, it's not like that that franchise hadn't been somewhere before would matter, but it would matter if LeBron hadn't been there before. Like if he was in his first playoff series or he was in his first finals where he got swept, by the way. Um, so just like, it, it's more like the quarterback and the coach, like have they been in this spot or like the overall collectively, like the team, right? Have they been in this spot? Like I, that makes a lot of sense to me in terms of like closing the deal, right? And Jared Goff obviously been to a Super Bowl before, but Dan Campbell hadn't been, you know, as a coach anywhere near a game like this. Almost the entire team, they'd had that great graphic of like all the championship game appearances or Super Bowl appearances with the two teams and the players on the two teams. And it was like basically Goff and like, Alex Anzalone or whatever that <laughs> was like you know, all these other guys on the Niners. It's like, Oh, actually they've all been in like 940 championship games. And maybe that, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm honestly underrating that. Maybe that matters almost more than I think. Cause it's funny. We got, so we get to halftime of the game and uh, you know, the lions again, like decision-making at the end of the half, like, do you go for it? Do you kick the field goal? Like all this, like, it's all very interesting. Like Campbell usually, he made a terrible mistake, which I'll get to in a second. But like, for the most part, the fourth down stuff, and this is just like typical aggressive coaching, but we get to halftime of the game. And it's funny that we got to halftime and your first thought was like Niners, like, let's go, <laughs> like, let's, yeah. like, let's do it. And, and meanwhile, the presentation, like halftime and graphics going into the half was all about how they don't do that how the Niners never come back when they're 14 down in a game and they never come you know, what is it? Eight plus in the fourth quarter. They're like, Oh, and something like, it's just, it's this kind of Shanahan thing. Like he, this is a, a typical situation. He has not been very good in to be fair. Brock Purdy has not been in many of those situations. Like, cause he hasn't played very many games and Shanahan coached with other quarterbacks too. But like, it's funny that I feel like everyone was probably thinking the same thing. Like, man, they really might lose cause they never do it in this situation and you meanwhile you're like salivating at the idea of getting Kyle Shanahan down by a lot of points and like you were way right like I I know like if the Lions kick or they convert the fourth down especially the game's probably just over at that point like they, they score a touchdown there the game's over but they didn't and uh and you're I mean you're holding a big plus price anyway it was funny to me that you had like the complete opposite like we get to have like oh I can't, I can't wait to bet Kyle Shanahan trailing by a lot because I'm sitting there at halftime and I, my fingernails are gone at that point. I need the Niners to win the game and I'm just like I turn to my wife I go I don't have any way to get out of this and we might be toast in just this bet not like not like in life but just in this market like we might be really up against like I don't have a way to get out of this like they're up by too much they they just killed them in the first half. It's interesting that you ended up settling on that. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, you know, I really wasn't following the live lines in the games. Like, I was looking at it at certain points when Detroit – Yeah, when Detroit <laughs> – get the hell out When of Detroit was up, like – When they were up 14 yeah. nothing. when they were up 21-7, I was like, oh, it's two and a half now. It's fine. Okay. And then we got to halftime, and the Lions kicked the field goal to go up 17. And I go into uh, the BetMGM app, and I was like, oh, seven and a half. Yes, that is exactly – what I was, that is exactly the number that I wanted. And uh, you know what was interesting too, Ken? Everybody's talking 
about Dan Campbell's aggressiveness and whether or not he should have kicked and whether or not he should have gone for it. I'm personally in the camp of, in those cases, being a little bit more conservative. And Kyle Shanahan gets knocked for that a bunch. But I thought his decision to kick that field goal with Moody, who had been shaky, by the way, to make it 24-10 was big because you get some points, you keep momentum, uh, you score, you put up some points on the board, and then you know you force the Lions to continue to score. Whereas if that was Dan Campbell on the other side and the Lions were down 17, like you know he's going for that. And if they don't get it, the game is essentially over. So I thought that was that was a good move by Shanahan to kick that field goal. Obviously, it worked out for him. And then, like you said, you know, Reynolds drops the passes, Jameer Gibbs fumbles, and then everything just completely flips on its head. Um, were you more impressed with Detroit in that game, especially in the first half? Or were you more surprised once again that San Francisco for the second straight week is fortunate that they won the game? Yeah, kind of kind of both and depends on like what part of the team, right? Uh, the Lions... Like, I mean, God, for the first 38 minutes or whatever it was, I mean, played just an awesome game. I mean, they were so good. Um, for the Niners, something I was kind of impressed with Detroit. How could you not have been, been impressed with Detroit? They, sure. had a, they almost were up three possessions late uh, on the road against the probably the second best team in the league this year uh, over the course of the regular season. Best team in the conference, for sure. And with the Niners, I and we'll do, we'll, I'll save a lot of this for when we do the Super Bowl. Uh, this defense is the most overrated thing I've ever seen in my entire life. They got a ton yeah. of players, and all the players are awesome. This is not insulting to the play. Please don't. Please, all these players would demolish me in five seconds. Please don't think I'm talking about you. Collectively, nope. Out. Not even close. Like, sorry. I just, I've seen, now I've seen it twice, and I just, and I kind of, I think I know what it is. And I just, uh, I yeah, I'm not a believer. And I was really skeptical of Steve Wilkes as the defensive coordinator before the year. And then over the course of the season, I was like, man, the numbers are still pretty good. Like maybe I mean, who am I too? Some dude in a basement. Like maybe I'm just wrong about like, you know, you go from Sala, who we might talk about at some point. I think he was the coordinator the first time these teams played in the Super Bowl, uh, trying to be a game plan against Patrick Mahomes. From Sala to D'Amico Ryan's to anybody, like I'm gonna have to be insulting to Steve Wilkes. It's just like that's a tough act to follow, man. You see what D'Amico Ryans is doing this year? I just, it's really tough. And the players are so good. I mean, they got all pros everywhere. They got a ton of talent. Man, in these two games, you're just like, what is going on with some of the, like, I just, they couldn't stop the Lions for a whole half. I mean, the Lions, and like the Lions are great, and Ben Johnson's going to get a job, and like he's he's good, and probably one of their like real keys to their success. I just, so that's the part of it where I was like, I'm really unimpressed. And then I like we'll also do this when we do the game. I like I love Purdy. I think he's awesome. I think he's really young. I think he does like, you know, make some mistakes sometimes. Like find quarterbacks that can do that at the end of two really high pressure playoff games in a row and like have to make the plays. And yeah, one of them bounced off a defender's helmet and Ayuk makes like the catch of the lifetime and fat a ladybug on the shoe or whatever it was. Just like I I'm kind of in on Purdy as like a thing. Like I, 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 I was actually pretty impressed. I, I'm impressed when you can suck for a lot of the game and still figure it out. Lamar Jackson sucked for a lot of the game. He didn't figure it out like Brock Purdy did. 
there's one zero. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of impressed that way too. We can do a bunch of other stuff. I have something on the analytics stuff that I think is interesting too. But yeah, just to answer your question, like the Niners are really, a, they're an interesting team going into this game because they're such a mixed bag where it's like they've played a bad game twice. Is that is that what they are? Or like, yeah. is it just they, they played an F game twice and their A game is going to just blow everybody out of the water. And like, is that, are they sitting on that right now? Like, is that possible with better health and time off? We, obviously we don't know the answer. We'll wrap up our thoughts on championship Sunday and the Ravens chiefs and Niners lions. And then we will get to our super bowl preview of Kansas city and San Francisco here on you better, you bet presented by BetMGM. Off to throw it. Here comes pressure escape fires over the middle and it is incomplete Goff trying to connect to Reynolds he had it couldn't bring it in let's get back to you better you bet presented by bets MGM on the bet QL network Kevin Burkhart there on the call for Fox in the NFC championship game yesterday between the Lions and the 49ers PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos Alongside Ken Barkley here, you better you bet, presented by BetMGM. A reminder that we are on Stadium right now, so make sure you go over to WatchStadium.com. We'll be there until 6 o'clock Eastern time. You can, of course, continue watching us on Twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and on the Odyssey app, and you can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Ken, before we move on to the Super Bowl, let's kind of put a bow on both of the teams that lost yesterday with the Ravens and the Lions. Uh, we will start with Baltimore. And what are your thoughts for them heading into next season? I mean, let's start with their division first off, right? I mean, that AFC North, all the teams finished with a 500 record. Burrow's going to be back. It's going to be loaded. Browns are going to be healthier. Watson will be back. Chubb will be back. They'll have some guys on defense. They're obviously going to get the hardest schedule in the division with them winning the AFC North. Um, but they're going to be amongst the favorites next season. When the AFC market opens up for the 2024-2025 season, do you think it's going to be Kansas City 1, Baltimore 2? Would you say that's a fair assessment? I think in the market, I think there are some look-aheads for the Super Bowl. Or not even look-aheads, futures market for next year. I know Baltimore is a really low price, and I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I think for both teams, the challenge is going to be figuring out, all right, how much of our success was actually due to like the hotshot coordinator that we had, who's not going to be there anymore. Right. And it's an easy way to link these two teams together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Harbaugh is a great, well, I don't know. People in Baltimore apparently want him fired according to you, but Har Harbaugh is a great coach and has won a Super Bowl, and Lamar's great. And Todd Munkin swapped in for Roman last year. People thought that would be the thing that unlocks the team. It did to a certain extent. And, but Mike McDonald like has gotten a lot of praise for really what he's done with the defense. And he's probably going to be the next head coach of the Seahawks by all like the reporting that's out there. That's at least the rumor. Maybe Washington hires him. Maybe he comes back to Baltimore. I, I think he's going to end up getting one of these jobs. And for Detroit, Ben Johnson and Washington have been linked this entire postseason that he's going to take this job when they get eliminated from the playoffs. And I'm sure they, you know, they want to interview McDonald too. Both guys are great. Okay. Like what, how do the Lions replace that? And does it matter because this coordinator was that special? And how do the Ravens replace that? And does it matter because this coordinator was so special? Like, was that the guts of what made the team good? Not the quarterback play, not the coach, like this, a, a coordinator. And to be fair, like 
with a lot of talented players in the unit that they're coaching, like that combination, just like coach quarterback that we did last segment, that combination of the players and the coordinator, like you're going to break that. Then that's going to probably make, that's going to make a lot tougher. I mean, just intuitively, right. That's going to make it a lot tougher for both teams to have the same kind of success. Um, I think like between the two, you know, obviously like I, I think Baltimore is, is much more set up to have a continued run of success because their roster is just so much more complete. Like I, the lions were doing this, despite their defense they were doing it despite the fact they couldn't stop anybody in the passing game um you know just sometimes despite the decisions that their coach made to be honest and so like all right you break the offense you break that part of the team that's going to be tough to recover and campbell uh, that was the big story after the game told his team like we really may never get back here again like just being honest and you never hear a coach say that to a team obviously but he just wanted to be honest and he's right and for baltimore It'll be interesting, right? We did the the sustained run of like Lamar and Harbaugh together. I think as a starter, we're going to be going into year six next year, and as a quarterback, but like as in like a week one starter, full season, and then obviously took over halfway through the year before that for Flacco. So year seven, year six, like you're getting into like maybe this just isn't it. And I I know that's like so shallow. <laughs> like there's got to be more to it than that. The history of the league doesn't lend itself to this happening ever. Um, it yeah. lends itself more to Goff and Campbell figuring it out than it does to Lamar and Harbaugh figuring it out. At least they're newer, although I don't think they're going to make it either. Um, so I just obviously more optimism about Baltimore, but pessimistic about both as like a winner next year. Even making it two two wins away from the Super Bowl would be really pessimistic about them both as winners, would be really, really pessimistic about like ever betting them, especially before the year. Baltimore would be way too short price for me to be interested. And Detroit, I feel like I'm just never going to be interested. Yeah, I think that's what makes, you know, the Ravens loss yesterday hurt so much is the fact that, Ken, I'll be honest, I don't know how many Ravens teams I'm going to watch in my lifetime that are going to be better than that one. Like, they they were really good, man, all three phases. Lamar's going to win the MVP. Defensively, they won the Triple Crown. They gave up the fewest points per game during the regular season. They were first, tied for first in sacks, takeaways. They have Justin Tucker as their kicker, so... You know, and what they were able to do against great teams. I mean, they demolished every great team just about that they went up against. And again, you just watched the game yesterday, and Kansas City, to me, didn't feel like they were the better team. They just made the plays when they needed to. The Ravens kept shooting themselves in the foot, and that's all it takes in the playoffs. So that, I think, is the hardest thing, is the Ravens have a ton of free agents upcoming. You know, they got to make decisions on Patrick Queen and Kevin Zeitler and some of these veterans who had like career years for them, like Kyle Van Noy, Jadavian Clowney, they were great. Obviously, what are you going to do with Odell Beckham? Um, you know, some of their corners. So, like you said, I certainly think they're set up better for success just because they're more complete and they have their cornerstones on both sides of the ball. You have Lamar at quarterback. Um, you have Roquan and Kyle Hamilton on defense. So they do have their cornerstones cornerstones on both sides of the ball. Um but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. You do bring up a good point about Harbaugh. And again, knowing that Mike McDonald probably is going to leave, um, you know, do the Ravens entertain, like, promoting him? Or do they give him a ton of money and promise that he's going to be the head coach in waiting and kind of do what they did with their front office where Eric DaCosta, who's their GM now, was there for like a decade under Ozzie Newsom and was, you know all these other teams kind of wanted to pry him away from the Ravens. And they told him that he would be the GM in waiting if he just waited his turn. And he ended up doing that. And now he's turned himself into one of the best GMs in football, but a uh, big off season for Baltimore, Detroit as well. 
Obviously, they're going to have to improve the pass defense, but offensively, they got a really nice core. Who do you think would be, which coordinator would be a bigger loss to the team? Do you think it would be Ben Johnson for the Lions or McDonald for the Ravens? Ben Johnson, and I don't think it's, I was going to say I don't think it's close, but they're both so good. I just, uh, like, to me, that, like, was the Lions' success. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. like, all of it, like, almost. Like, the offensive line, and obviously, like, so some of that's, like, the draft capital you put in the team. It's not all just, like, Ben Johnson, and he's some wizard that just does it all. But, you know, Jared Goff was really honest this year about when he used to be clay quarterback for the Rams with McVay, and now, like, hooking up with Ben Johnson, like, what, as coordinator and quarterback, like, what that's done for him and how much better it's made it for him. So you're stripping that away. And whoever you replace it with, you can replace him with Ben Johnson's best friend. It doesn't mean it's going to be the same, right? It just it just doesn't. So I, I think like that's that's pretty depressing if you're the Lions, I would say. I mean, they're still probably favorite to win the division next year. Almost certainly we'll see what happens with like Cousins, Packers free agency and draft, but like whatever. Uh, you know, probably the favorite to win the division next year. Just that's tough. And for the Ravens, yeah, I mean it's gonna be who are the replacements. It's just it's it's kind of rough. I want to uh I want to read you. I'm going to do this. We'll do this uh, a lot in a couple of weeks, but you and I may not host a show for a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to read you the odds for next year. Okay. Uh, in which Baltimore is very prominently placed and Detroit's pretty high up too. Um, this is at a domestic and it's just for topic for conversation. And I want you to tell me what price you would bet right now for it to win next year's Super Bowl. Uh, okay. Niners plus 450. They're the favorite figure. Like the the guts of this is all going to be back again, and because of course it will, you know. And there's free agents for everybody. Niners plus four fifty, Ravens seven, Chiefs Patrick Mahomes will still be there, plus eight fifty, Bills Allen and McDermott probably back together twelve, Cowboys is McCarthy the coach in week eight fifteen, Bengals Burrow back from injury fifteen no new offensive coordinator, Lions seventeen. Eagles 17 with their two like hotshot coordinators, which is pretty crazy. Miami 20, no Fangio. Texans 25, which is pretty funny. Packers 25. I can read more if you, I mean, I actually, the team I like isn't, is coming way later. So I guess I'll have to keep reading. I'll go faster here. Rams, Chargers, Jets, and Jags are all 30. Vikings, Bears 40. Browns, Falcons, Colts 50. Saints, Raiders, Cardinals. And Bucks, 75, and the Seahawks. And then, I mean, we're into like 100 to 1. Uh, Denver is 100 to 1, which I actually think is like a tiny bit interesting, but we don't have to do that if you don't want to. So, like, that was a lot. I gave you a laundry list there. Is there a team, a price, where they're placed that stands out to you? The Bengals certainly intrigue me, um, especially if they're able to bring, even if they don't bring T. Higgins back. I, um, you know, with Burrow back and Chase, I do think they get a receiver. Lou Anarumo is going to be back at D.C., and he's one of the best. Buffalo is interesting. That that McDermott and Allen thing, though, kind of scares me off. But now that they have a running game, and we'll see what happens with Diggs, you know, they're, they're probably going to have to get another receiver or two. But defensively, they were so banged up. Um, I, I think they're going to be one of the better defenses in football uh, this upcoming year. That 25 to 30 to one range, though, the Jets kind of intrigue me next year. Oh, like they kind of do. Yeah. They oh, yeah, kind of do. That defense, Ken, look, I know Rodgers is, is getting up there in age, but, and we talk all the time in the NFL about teams that are a quarterback away. Like, I know they got to improve the offensive line. I know they play in a tough division. 
but their schedule is going to be much easier coming in uh, second to last place this year than it was last year. Um, the Jets are, are kind of intriguing to me because they were such a big storyline heading into this offseason that I kind of think people are going to forget about them a little bit. Um, Houston could be interesting as well at 25 to 1. It still feels like they could be a year or two away. But uh, the Bengals and the Jets were the two teams that stood out to me. The NFC, I, I got to think about who that sleeper team would be for me. Um, I just, I can't get there with Dallas. I can't get there with Philadelphia, especially if Sirianni's still going to be that coach. Um, I don't know. The Jets and the Bengals were the two for me. What about you? Sure. Well, I guess the point is like not the Ravens and the Lions, I guess, be just to tie this back into the games that we're talking about. Definitely not them at price. I think Baltimore will be very interesting next year. I just, uh, not you know, seven to one, six to one, whatever. I mean, why? I don't know why you bet it before the year like that. What they're going to go to three to one during the season? Where they're going to go seventeen to zero? I mean, that's just like the only way that that price gets better. So it's just, I think it's a terrible bet. Um, I'm going to do this a lot with Nick after we get back, but I'll, I've, 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 I've brought up this historical trend a lot, and I, I think it's just a really easy, fun way to restrict the list of teams that you should really pay attention to. And we, I feel like we're setting up to clip this for social. We've clipped this like six times already. So I don't think we have to clip this one, but like, uh, and it's also not my work. It's Prince. It's, you know, somebody else's proprietary information. The in general, look, just look at the previous year's DVOA ratings on offense and defense, the Super Bowl winner for the last more than 20 years has been in the top seven in offense or defense the year before they won the Super Bowl. And 19 of those years, they were in the top four. And that's going to be true this year because Kansas City and San Francisco were both in the top four last year at something. San Francisco, I think, was mm-hmm. top four at both things. And so you're, it's just, again, it's like, just make it easy on yourself. Like, yeah, a crazy thing could happen and something really nuts. Or the thing that always happens could happen, but it's still going to be priced pretty long and you're still going to be able to like make a pretty good bet on it. Why not do the second one? Uh, make it easy on yourself. And I just, I'll read you the top, I don't, the seven, I think is interesting. There is a team in there I like, but just the top four even, like really, let's really restrict it and still cover 80, 90% of the past champions. Okay, San Francisco was top four in both this year. Baltimore was top four in both this year. That's a, a third of your spots are already gone, or a half your spots rather are already gone. Sorry. Um, the other two offensive entrants into this discussion, top four, would be Miami and Buffalo. We already talked about like Allen McDermott. I don't think that pairing's good. Do you want to bet on Tua with no Fangio? That's pretty tough. Yeah. Here, this is this is leading to my two teams. Here are your top two defenses that are not Baltimore and San Francisco. So the idea here would be. They've got, they've solved, and this happens all the time. They've solved this side. Can they solve the other side? Right. Number two last year, or this, this year that just ended, the Browns, who I think are horribly mispriced right now in the Super Bowl market, they're 50 to one. No way. Mm. No way. I, I know they haven't won, but guess what you would have said if you said the Lions last year, by the way, they made it two games away. Uh, I, I think the Browns have to be way more, viewed as way more likely to win. And I don't even like them very much. They can't, they're not 50. What are, what? And again, I guess who cares? They play the game in a year, but like, whatever. Like, they're 50, really? That's the number. And then the number three defense last year was the Jets, which speaks to like the team that you're talking. And again, just think about it. Okay, like maybe we should be looking for a team that's solved one side 
and can they solve the other? The Jets are obviously hoping that Aaron Rodgers does the, solves everything about the offense. Who cares that it's Nathaniel Hackett? Who cares that the receivers, besides Wilson, stink? Who cares the offensive line is bad? Can they solve it? And for the Browns, they fired their offensive coordinator. They brought in Ken Dorsey. I don't know if that's going to work, but maybe it does. And like this, this is the kind of things that I just think you should be thinking about. By the way, Ken, if the Browns do make the AFC title game and they're up 17 and a half, I will be taking the other side plus seven oh, and a nice. half. In that maybe they'll game. play Houston. Like, maybe, That'd be wild. <laughs> that, maybe they do. You better yeah. you bet presented by BetMGM more on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos along with Ken Barkley here on a Monday. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Final segment here of hour number two. Will Capper, Drew Dinsick, going to join us 5.20 Eastern time, coming up in a little bit. Ken and I will also start breaking down the Super Bowl at the start of next hour. We are still on Stadium, so make sure uh, you go over to WatchStadium.com if you haven't checked us out over there yet. You can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205, or continue watching us here on Twitch.tv slash BeckQL YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports as well. Ken, I really enjoyed your exercise of looking at some of those NFL teams for next year. I thought the Browns, that's a really good look, especially at that price. Now, when you look at those numbers, and obviously, I I mean, the data doesn't lie. Like, you're going back 20 years. Does, if you're debating between, like, the Jets and the Browns, I mean, even though the price... (laughs) Even though the price Imagine is better that debate. with the Browns. That's a debate no one wants. It, yeah, God. Yeah. No, no, nobody wants that. I mean, even though the price is better with the Browns, like at the end of the day, does the, the common sense just come in and be like, I got to back the Deshaun Watson that I've been watching playing quarterback the last two seasons? I think the, the, what your hope would be when you click the button is that you're not going to watch the Deshaun Watson that you've watched for the last two seasons. You're going to watch him with a different offensive coordinator and it'll fit together a little better. And that's why they did. I mean, that's you you, teams are teams always show their hand, obviously when they make these moves, right? Don't, don't judge a team by what they're saying, judge them by what they're doing. It wasn't working offensively. They need someone who Deshaun, like they can run. I can't love it. It was your 2024 Browns breakdown on January 29th. But like, look, I think part of the Baltimore Detroit postmortem is, what Dan Campbell told his team in the locker room, we're, we're probably not going to be back. And I think for Baltimore, it's like, oh, well, they maybe they will be like, I don't, maybe not. And if it's not them, like, I kind of like who's this year's Baltimore because Baltimore was not a team that was like one of the six, seven favorites, especially when Lamar was getting chopped in the offseason. Their opening win total was eight and a half because it looked like Lamar wasn't going to be the quarterback. And then it was like, oh, wait, he's the quarterback 10. <laughs> like, actually, they're really good. Actually, it's probably going to be okay. But I, I want to go back to last year, too. On this, I, I know you asked me about the Browns and the Jets, but just even to provide a little bit more context and it like, because you might be listening to this and be like, ah, I mean, it's only 20 years. I don't even know what DVOA is anyway. Cool. It's like a measure of team quality. One of many. It's publicly available. It's free, which is why I feel like I'm allowed to do this. Um, here's last year's top seven, which you would have looked at to preview the season that just ended. So just like think about because I think the whole thing. People like to say like, well, oh, like the Super Winner, Super Bowl winner always does this. Or they always do this. Be like, yeah, but you don't have any of that information when you want to make the bet. 
at the start of the year. Like, what do you what will you actually have at your disposal in June and July and September and like right before week one? What will you actually have at your disposal to make a bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl? And this is something you would have in your possession. Like, we know already who the top seven was the year before. You will you can have this and make bets off of it if you want to, or just look at it or or consider it. Cause I just think it's like, forget the betting for a second. I just think it's really interesting. So last year, so again, like top four gets you almost all the champions, top seven gets you all of them, uh, 21, 22 years, whatever, going backwards since the Patriots cheated. Um, your top four from, again, you were, it was last off season. Uh, here's PJ Glasser and Ken Barkley, January 29th, 2023 trying to figure out who we're going to bet in the next year's Super Bowl. All right, well, let's look at the top seven, and especially the top four from the year before. Okay, here were the top four on offense going into this season. Kansas City, number one. Buffalo, number two. Philadelphia, number three. Cincinnati, number four. Here were your top four in defense. San Francisco, number one. Oh, look, we have the number one team at the two things. And what did Kansas City solve? Their defense. What did the Niners solve? They got Purdy and they played him for a full season. Like, again, just like work the problem this way. You you will come up with a smart answer. I promise. Uh, yeah. San Francisco, number one, going into this year. Dallas, number two. What did they do? Kellen Morgan, Mike McCarthy, Colin plays, win a billion games. New England, number three. We don't have to talk about them. They couldn't solve. They, but to be fair, they tried to solve their offense. It just didn't, it didn't solve it because Mac Jones stinks. And they have no talent. But they tried. They made a coordinator change. They tried. Uh, and Buffalo was number four. So Buffalo was actually top four at both. And uh, being top four at both is kind of irrelevant to me. But like the point is you got to at least be good at one. So here's the crazy part. Like I look at this list and for, we'll do five, six, seven in a second, PJ. You've got both teams that ended up making the Super Bowl. You've got uh, four other playoff teams of seven <laughs> or whatever. And then you've got the Eagles, like who made it, but like had a ton of injuries, Super Bowl loser, like they kind of fell apart. The Bengals, Burrow got hurt. And the Patriots, they tried a bunch of stuff. And now their coach, who's the best coach of all time, isn't even on the team anymore. Like it's it's all pretty there in terms of like what, what we're kind of like expecting coming into this year. Basically with the exception of like the Patriots just didn't have it. And, uh, and we'll do five, six, seven in a second. Like does that surprise you how predictive that was? Kind of does, actually. Right? Kind of does. Yeah. We're taught the NFL's parody field. That's what we're taught. We're taught it's like crazy and unpredictable, and it's not. It's the exact opposite. It's actually like a really good team from the previous year basically wins all the time as long as they change something. Isn't it funny how it's kind of like March Madness in that way? Where sure. both the postseasons where it's one and done, right? You get your kind of upsets early, which maybe mask some of it, and, you know, the regular season games. But at the end of the day, like, when you get to the championship games, the Super Bowl, like to your point, it's kind of predictable. And think about the NBA. Oh man, what a crazy run the Miami Heat went on. How unpredictable was that? Yeah, it was pretty unpredictable. Also, give me the Nuggets for ten billion dollars in the finals. Like it just, yeah, the loser is really is really unpredictable. You want to predict losers? Good luck. Like honestly, teams that are going to make a deep run and have no chance, impossible. Uh, or really long prices at least. And I'm sure there's a market and uh, even you have success, make money doing that too. Cause the prices are so good. San Diego state in college basketball. Like I'm, I'm trying to find UConn. A lot of people were trying to find San Diego state and we both made money in the end. Mm -hmm. Like I, just, I honestly, like, and I bricked, I didn't have UConn at the start of the tournament, but like final four, I'm like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> like, hang on here. <laughs> like what, what's, what's actually about to happen here. Um, but like, 
you could have tried to find San Diego State, way bigger price, way more margin for error. You could trade. You could start betting UConn at some point. Like, you have so many options when you bet a big price, and it ages well. Just a different exercise. That's all. Um, the teams that are five, six, seven. Again, you just we, we were, let's say let's say you were trying to predict what just happened. Like how how good could you have done doing this? All right, well uh, the Super Bowl participants were both number one at something last year. It doesn't always happen that way, but like okay, um, and Buffalo was really good. Spoiler alert: Buffalo also was really good this past regular season. Um, your five, six, seven teams. So again, like your more fringe Super Bowl candidates. Offense going into this year, number five, Detroit. Hmm. Number six, the Niners, who were number one in defense. Uh, number seven, the Dolphins. Hmm. Mm. They're really good, too. How about that? Uh, defense, number five, the Jets. Here we go again. <laughs> like, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> steps wrong. It's all going to go up in smoke. Guess what? You lose your quarterback for the season, you got no shot. Uh, number six, the Eagles, because they were great at everything last year. And number seven, the Ravens. So in the top seven... Going into this past year, you had all four championship game participants, and there was only a list of 11 teams of 32. You crossed mm. off two-thirds of the league and, and then some, and I don't, I don't think you would have ever bet the Patriots to do anything. I didn't bet the Patriots. To, so, like, let's say you just want to strike them, too, because it's kind of weird. All right, now you got 10. I'm not saying you're going to get it right. But at least, like, you make your decisions a lot easier. <laughs> and especially, I think the really key thing is, like, as the season goes along and you get an idea, like, who plugged in a guy and it didn't work? Or who plugged in a new coordinator, new quarterback, whatever, and it did work? And, like, oh, like, that's what I'm looking – like, okay, like, you just play this out a little bit, you know? Like, you're going to cross off the Bengals in week seven when Burrow gets hurt. Like, again, you can just play this out a little bit. Like, if it's like, man, how did Ken come up with, like, the Niners and the Chiefs? Not like that was so hard to do at the start of the playoffs, but just like, how did he do that? A lot of ways, but this is one of them. This is one of 10. And like, this is a good one. I like this one. And this is what anybody can do. I don't own this stuff. So I just, I always think that's interesting. Like you would have got all four conference championship participants. You would have got Buffalo's another playoff team. Philly's another playoff team. Miami's another playoff team. Dallas is another playoff. I mean, you got the whole freaking postseason. In this group, basically. And when you don't, and when the teams aren't in, with the exception of the Patriots, it's because the quarterback got hurt or the defensive coordinator was so bad, you replaced him with Matt Patricia. Like, I mean, it's just, and that's it. Like, that's all, that's every team. You get them all. So, again, like, we can turn it into next year and just be like, all right, just think about it this way. Can the Ravens get back? They were fourth in offense and number one in defense this year. Sounds pretty Bills-esque to me, or Niners-esque, or whatever. The Niners were number one in offense and number four in defense. They got two top four pairings. Like, maybe they're the dominant teams next year, which I don't think would surprise anybody. Um, your, your top four offenses that we didn't talk about, the Dolphins and the Bills, are they going to change things? What are they going to do? Or is it is it enough to stay the same? And they're just really good. And your top four defenses, which is what we got about before the break, are the Browns. And the Jets, <laughs> which is just really funny. That's why I laugh, because it's like, it sounds crazy, except it's not. Except it's not crazy at all. Except that's just like kind of how this stuff works. So, I don't know. Anything else stand out to you there? Man, that is interesting. I, I'm trying to wonder. So, that's that's from the Super Bowl standpoint. Like, that's good stuff. Right. DVOA you want me to give you five, six, seven? Four. Like, stimulate, yeah, stimulate your do. brain a little bit here? I'll do it really quick. So you're, yeah. you're so again, these would be like your fringy. This is what Baltimore was on last year. Detroit was on last year, like all this stuff. Miami, your five, six, seven offenses, the Lions, no Ben Johnson anymore. 
this is the team that I have circled on just a little bit. The Packers are number six, and they will have a new defensive coordinator this year. They're mm-hmm. fixing the thing that sucks because this side's really yep. good now. That's kind of interesting. And the Rams are number seven, but they're I feel like they're just on the way down instead of on the way up. So that's whatever. And then your other three defenses. I think this is interesting too. The Cowboys are number five. The Steelers were sixth. And the Chiefs were seven, which again, we haven't talked about them at all. It puts them like way on the fringes of this conversation for next year. So PJ, my theory is like, I think they're going to win and it's going to end this first run for Mahomes and they're not going to win for a little bit. Kind of like what happened to Brady after the first three Super Bowls. Like I kind of see that happening for them. um, Even just using like a really basic predictive thing like this. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's some good stuff there. Packers could be intriguing. So much young talent I'm, on that I'm, side of the they ball. They piqued my interest. I watched, I watched Jordan yeah. Love in the playoffs. You give me a new defensive coordinator. I might be in. <laughs> I might be really in. I don't know. Might be. I don't know, Jim. Packers just keep, just keep striking gold, Tony, with the quarterbacks. Hour number three coming up next. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM. Ken and I diving into the Super Bowl, Kansas City, San Francisco. Next. 